Hello, angels. Hey, demons. How's it going? Um. So for this podcast, T, why don't you tell them what we're gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about mental health. Yeah, we're gonna get a little personal, probably a lot personal, and we're gonna dive into how they handled mental health on Shadowhunters. And we, I'm going to mention on why I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, for like a couple of days. Yeah, we're going to jump into it. And just a heads up, you guys, this is going to be a heavy topic. So if you guys are uncomfortable, if or it upsets you, yeah. you guys don't have to listen. And we'll fully understand. It, you know, We it, fully understand if you guys can't listen to this. If you're also going through mental health issues, I just wanted to say, if you stayed on this long, you need to know that you are worthy, you are loved, you're not alone. Absolutely. You're not alone. Not at all. You You have us. Exactly. And it's okay not to be okay. Absolutely. T and I... Um, we may we may we may talk tough and we may act like everything's okay, but there are days where we're not. You're gonna learn today about those days. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna learn a lot about us today in the um, discussion that we're gonna have. So if you yeah. wanna stick around, please do. We'd love to have you listen. Absolutely. And but if, if you, you feel, sorry you feel like you're you're mentally not able to you're not, you know, because there's some days where I can say, oh yeah, I can handle this podcast, or I can handle this song. And then once we get onto the topic, there's like... You can't, yeah. There's a mental block that will not let me continue. Absolutely, yeah. So if you experience that block, please, please, please do not force yourself to listen. No, and if you would like to reach out to us and talk to us please do our dms are always open for you guys always and like we said we love you we do we love you guys you're and, worth it you know there's a reason why we're doing this episode so that you guys know more about us and you know that you are not alone and that you have a support system i mean i've i've known t for five going on six years now and I've been with her through a lot of her ups and downs. And yeah. I've been <laughs> and you've been here with me with mine. So I understand her little what makes her tick and she understands what makes me tick and there's certain things that we don't talk about. But we're probably not gonna talk about it today. <laughs> but the good thing is we're together and we can help each other through it. So if you're feeling away and you don't know where to turn, you have us. We are here for you. We're going to support you. We're going to give you the advice that we can give you. Whatever you need, we are here for you 100%. And and our advice will come from our past experiences. Yeah, and it comes from our hearts, too. Um, We don't don't want you guys to feel like you're alone. Because you're not. You will never, ever, ever be alone in my life. No, absolutely not. Hmm. Um, T, do you want to start? We can. It depends how you want to do this. 
Um, we can just start right in. Do you want to start with why you're going away next week? And then we can jump into the reasons behind it. And then when you're done, I'll start talking. And okay. I'll also, I'll interject with you because, you know, I know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going down to see my brother at, in next week mm-hmm. because I've managed to buy some time off of work. Woohoo. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, Mental break from work. Yes. Again, I do apologize if I just laugh it off. It isn't a joke. It's a defense mechanism. But it's the way that I have to try and put my... But... I'm going to try. And... Not laugh as I say what's going on. Um... So recently I've been having a bit of a hard time. Well, first of all... I've got anxiety... And I have medical, um, I've had medical diagnosis of uh, anxiety and depression. Um, I find that writing happy with my depression. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, same with me too. But in the last couple of months, my writing's gone down and down and down. I feel like it's not helping me get out of this flow. And it all started a few months back when I was getting in trouble from work. Um, people would just be petty. And because I'm one of the young ones, they like to patronise me. Yes. Yes, and there's been some times where I've been on live with Abby and I've been just cried. Yeah. Because I hated my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been... Yeah, um... Go on. Let me just say, I've seen her at her worst and at her best, and she's seen me at my worst and my best. We've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and... It's because of the support that I get from T, and I hope it's from what she gets from me that we're still here. You know, we we support each other, and that's why. Like I, I'm gonna pretty much be silent during this until you know she tells me to say something, (laughs) because this is T's turn to talk and tell you guys about herself, and I know what's going on with her. Yeah. So that's my little two cents for now. But I know what's going on, and I know why she's leaving. And I've known her for almost six years, so I've I've been there for everything. Yeah. So I fully support your decision to go away for a couple of days and collect yourself. Yeah. And everyone needs a mental break sometimes. Absolutely, everyone needs absolutely. A, a chance to recharge and step away. Yeah. And, I mean, we all know the king of stepping away from everything is Dominic Sherwood. He takes the biggest mental breaks ever. We I need to be like Dominic Sherwood. <laughs> Again, yeah. I say this with a bit of a laugh because I wish there was a way that I could do switch and go, Hi guys, how are you? you know, <laughs> and I used to do that with Abby quite a lot when we'd live. And I would get very annoyed with her because I would know something's up and I'd be and like, be like What's wrong? fucking what's bothering what's you? Wrong? Yeah. And T would be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I I remember one day I got a lie with her, you, and I literally just yelled at you. I'm like, you're not fucking fine. What's 
wrong. And then I cried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I felt bad making you cry. <laughs> but I... You did it to me, too. Because you know when I'm not okay. I did. That was... I, can, I can be very cryptic. Yeah. With the way that I talk. I remember... If I post on social media. And she'll be like, yeah. bitch, what's wrong with you? I remember that one time. So we got a group chat on Facebook with a couple of our friends. And yes. she was being very... Snippy? Bitchy. Bitchy. <laughs> and so I I'm went. laughing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I know what she's talking about. And I can laugh about my about it now. And I was like. But it's true. Guy, just carry on. Just talk to her. And I was like. Okay. Philip, what's wrong? <laughs> and then we just sit on like crying for hours. Yeah, and when T's done telling you guys what's been going on, I'll get I'll dive into my stuff. Okay. So you'll we'll get into context about what that moment was. Shall we start from the fucking beginning then? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Again, I'm sorry that I'm laughing. Okay, my But laughter is good for the soul. Yeah. My anxiety started back when I was in high school. Um, people think it was like, oh, it's a popular thing to do, and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Well, for this fat kid, right, who had one fucking ear, who was prone to bloody nosebleeds, and getting picked on all the time, of course this girl is going to have issues growing up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. That she's gonna feel anxious. She's gonna be quiet. She's not gonna be, you know, open. And I would. I used to be very, um, what's the word? Extroverted. No, that's not the word. Shy. No, not the opposite. Introverted. Opposite to that. Outspoken, loud, and you know. Oh, okay. But as I grew up, I became very quiet until I hit year nine, which is um, two years away from finishing high school. So you were, in, for us in the US, that would have been, you would have been a sophomore. Yeah. So two years away from graduating, and I just started finding my voice. I was standing up to people. I had a really good group of friends. I was doing pretty well in school. I was head of the choir, blah, blah, blah. And then my father passed away. Yes. And I was, I went, like, you know, low. I was such a dark little girl. You know, and let's not let's please keep that bit clean. Cause I see your dirty fucking things. But I was a dad girl. He he taught me how to sing. He taught taught me how to cook. How to tell dad jokes. You know, I've got some of the best dad jokes that Abby I make Abby laugh all the time. Oh my gosh. Um. I pull a Dominic Sherwood when I laugh from you. Yeah, you sound like Spongebob when I make you laugh. 
sorry. I was very close to my dad. I remember that I was only 15. No, I was 16 at the time. And I remember always singing with him and he used to love Elvis and Johnny Cash. So I remember, Excuse me. <clears throat> like, I, every now and then I'll hum, like, a random Johnny Cash song and it'll make me smile. But during sixth form, I don't know what sixth form is to you guys. So it's like the year after going the last year of school. But what do you mean, like, it's the year after school? Yeah. Like, so after you graduate? Yeah, so instead of going to college... Gap year. No, no, because I was still learning. Oh. So, in in the UK, it would go primary school, secondary school, so high school. And then we can go to sixth form, which is higher education. So I went to higher education to get my... Is it like going to a community college versus a university? It's basically like a college. Because universities, you go and live at the uni. Okay, so it's like community college. Community college. Because for us in the U.S., community college, you can, I don't know, there are some that you can live on campus and there's some that you commute to. Yeah. So it's basically you went to community college for those of us in the U.S. And so I did two years over there. Okay. But during my first year, I had my first mental breakdown. I was 17. And I was learning how to live my life without my dad. And I hadn't, I'm one of the people that think they've got to be strong. Yeah. And you know, you know how hard it is to break me. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I can keep doing this. I hardly cried at a funeral. I know that sounds bad, but I was more focused on everyone else. And I was like, I'm fine, just let me carry on. Yeah, I was like that when my grandmother passed away. I know exactly what you're and what you're saying. I was like, I'd rather soldier through it and just, you know, care about it in the summer holidays. And grieve in the summer holiday because I was still in school so I was like let me grieve in the summer holidays after my exams are done right um and so I went so my my prom was the day before my dad's birthday Mm. and I don't remember much about that prom because did you go? yes Okay. Because in the UK, we can legally drink. Oh, damn. I wish I was in the UK when I was a kid. So, we were drinking at prom. And I remember, as soon as it came midnight, I went completely sober. And they played, I'll never forget it, they played You Are Not Alone Mm. by Michael Jackson. And... My whole my whole year was there. So all the ones that were staying there, drinking there, 
they put me in a circle and I still get goosebumps about this now. And they were all singing to me. Oh you are not alone. That's so sweet and I though. Oh like, I was bawling my eyes out. Naturally. Because I didn't know what to do. Because I went from I went for years where everyone really disliked me and bullied me to know that they're all looking after me. Mm-hmm. And I got so emotional that I remember walking out of the building to go see my brother because he'd come and pick me up. And I just fell. Ironically, I fell down the stairs. Oh, jeez. Because I couldn't see where I was going because I had makeup and fake tan running down my face. Mm-hmm. I was crying and I was like, I remember these couple of lads like taking my hand and walking me to the car. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they were just telling me, I'm gonna see, we'll see you soon. Just be, you know, you can be yourselves. You don't have to worry anymore. Oh, that's like, so sweet. Oh. Um, and I and I've got funny stories about these lads. So it won't be done with a serious one on another um, episode I'll talk to you what I would like in the later years of high school when I was quite funny and you know an actual human being instead of you know a zombie a zombie <laughs> and the next day was my dad's birthday so we decided to go away for the day and that was really hard I remember leaving my hometown and arriving in Devon where I go on holiday quite a lot and I remember going to see my friends and they did the exact same thing as my prom they all just gathered around me and hugged me and I was like I was so lucky that I had that because this was nine years ago now mm-hmm. so this was before I even knew Abby but I was still in the role play community. Oh shit, I've said it. In the writing community. So I had good friends in the community that I was talking to and mm-hmm. that were helping me. But um, I had a mental breakdown. I went and lived with my brother for a couple of months because he lived down by the sea, by the coast. So I, I, find, I always find whenever I'm near water, I'm a lot calmer. Same here. Exactly. Same yeah. with me. So my grandfather was a sailor. And so, and so with my other granddad, so I feel more calmer where I can see the sea and where I can smell it. Absolutely. Same here. I, I love being by the water. Absolutely. It calms me down. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, so I carried on with my life. I lived with the pain in my chest of missing my dad. And then I took on the sole responsibility of caring for my mum. Mm-hmm. And, and I think by, like, a little bit later, I met you. Yeah. On and social then, media. And then we got talking, you told me about your mom and everything. Yeah. And then... I found Shadow Hunters. And we connected through that. And I found Clary being emotional over losing Jocelyn. 
I kind of, I know it wasn't the same, but I connected the anger that I still had in my heart by my dad with Clary, mm-hmm. where she was going, I will, I will find my mother. And I was like, well, that's how I felt as well. Mm-hmm. And then I joined the world of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or the writer's Facebook, should I say. Yeah, and you met me. And I met a group of good friends. I met Jason, I met Abby, and I met a couple of others. Yeah, our core group. Our core group. And I remember not telling them anything about who I was. Because I didn't want to be labelled as the emo... Because I was emo back then. Yeah. Emo depressed kid. Mm -hmm. I was. But as I delved into the world of Magnus Bain, I was like, right, it's okay for me to be me. Yes. If this person in high power can be happy with being himself, I'm sure it's okay for me too. So I remember saying, the first thing I said to them is, hi, my name is Tia. I'm going to say it to you now, but hi, my name is Tia, and I'm from the UK. I have depression, and I'm currently living with my mum, and this is exactly what I said to them. Yes, I remember this. I'm currently living with my mum, who needs my care 24-7. Well, back then it wasn't 24-7, but it was... But I remember this. I remember this day when you told us all this. Yeah. And And that's when you and I started DMing together, talking about everything. And then I would like, if I ever need to dash off and you're talking to me, don't think that I'm ignoring you. It's just that I've got shit to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I slowly got better. I got a bit more confident. You did. I left college. So I went to college after sixth form. Um, but I never went to university. Because I'm thick as shit. Um, and then, so... <coughs> Excuse me. I was a full-time carer. At the age of... 18, 19. It wasn't until a couple of months before my 21st birthday I got my first job. And I'm still in that job now. I've been there for what? Four years? Five years in November? But yeah. And then last month, no, last month, last year. (laughs) Ah, shit. What? Okay, last year, in the month of June, my mum started decreasing in our house. Yeah, I remember when that happened. And it started off with a call to the doctor saying that she was very lethargic and that she was very clammy and pale and 
quite limp. And so we called the doctor and he called the ambulance. A couple of couple of weeks later she was sent home. No, 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 that's not how it started. So we went out to the, uh, to the hospital for an appointment because she had her she had diabetes type two. And so they wanted her to be uh, admitted because while she was talking to the doctor, she said I didn't she didn't feel very well. And I remember it was so scary because by the time it took from to get from the doctor's office to the ward that she needed to be admitted on, it had looked like she had a stroke. Mm. Thankfully, I forgot about that. Thank God to reveal, she didn't have a stroke. Yeah, I remember you telling me that you guys didn't know if she did or she didn't. And, but her blood sugar was zero point no one point zero, which is low, like yeah, comatose low. So we were thank we were so thankful that she didn't have. She wasn't put into a diabetic coma. Mm. We had hope. And I know in the hospital situation, you need as much hope as you can get. Absolutely. And so after a couple of weeks, she was, you know, sent home, called the doctor out, sent her back in. They kept her in for a week and then got sent back home. And she constantly had uh, UTIs, which is, um, oh, urine tractory infection. Um, So that meant her urine was, you know, infected. And then when she, she was catheterized, and then she was doing so well at home. And then she had another fall. Mm. She had two falls in one day. I remember you telling me that. So she had a fall first thing in the morning where she slipped off the chair. But we managed to pick her up and sit her back down and she was fine. The next one was... I still call it a very stressful night and it was because um, later on I will also go through track back to my dad and tell you how he passed Um, but I remember my mum couldn't walk very far so we need to take the wheelchair into her room so she can get back into bed but where we lived in flat, the doors were very narrow. Mm. And so I couldn't get the wheelchair in properly. She, could, she wouldn't walk very far. And I couldn't get it in time and she just fell. And her leg was like underneath the other and it looked like it broke. But thankfully it wasn't. 
but then we had to call the paramedics out. We called the ambulance out. And because we couldn't get a stand, my my um, mother was a large lady, and because we couldn't get a stand, we had to call the fire brigade. And this was one of the most terrifying, but it was in a moment where I felt really honoured to watch. I'm really thankful for them because they had to work hard to help my mum. And all this time, I had a slight nervous moment where I had to go hide. And I remember going into hide in my sister's car. Really? Left, I don't think you ever told me that. Oh, never know. No. Because I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I couldn't, I couldn't want the pain on my mum's face as they pulled her out. Mm-hmm. So I went and hid in my sister's car. I turned all the lights off. I turned the radio off and I just sat there. And I remember messaging Abby going, talk to me, talk to me, just talk to me. And even though I didn't want to say that she would take going back into hospital, it was like Abby just went, what do you want to talk about? And I went, I don't care if you tell me shit about Dom, I think. Yeah. And I went, no, I think it would be good. No, it wasn't. I was like, can you send me a gift of um, Matthew Daddario and Andy Bearside? Because I need to calm down. Mm-hmm. I spammed you. Yeah, and prior to this, I'd never had a panic attack. Mm-mm. That night was my first panic attack. Because I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And I never felt so worthless and useless in all my life. Mm-hmm. And it was scary. I mean, I was 23. And it was still really fucking scary. Yeah. And then she went into hospital. They were on about discharging her again. And so... Um, I was in my mum's bad books because I said I don't want her home until she's healthy mm-hmm. or we have a diagnosis because they were telling me, oh yeah, it's her kidneys, it's her kidneys. And I was like, yes, that's because that's what we're telling you of what our previous doctors have said. And so... This was all in the month of June. I am going to be running to Wawa, but I'm going to be on here with you. So, okay, cool. Just so you know. Um, so I remember. I will be right back though. Yeah. But I'm still here. I remember them telling my mum that they're going to keep her in again. And this was in the last week of June. And this is when I messaged Abby going, I think I'm going to take some time off of Facebook, off social media. Um, just know if anyone asks for me, just explain to them I need some time to be on my own. And I remember I was at work and my sister called me during my shift at work. 
and stopping my mum from going into ICU. So ICU is a high, high priority ward where people who've been in comas or um, all they need that extra bit of care with people who are who are there around the clock, you know. And yeah, I you know freak out as you do. And as soon as I finish work, because my work wouldn't let me go home early for this, so I remember going up to the hospital and talking to the doctors. And then I had sorry, you okay? I had the news from the doctor that my mum wanted to talk to me and my sister with the doctor. And I was like, yes, finally a diagnosis about time. Because I wasn't gonna I wasn't thinking in the mindset that she, you know, yeah was declining that, you know. That rapidly, yeah. And I remember um I remember the doctor saying that mum had asked him when how much long she had left and so we got told the diagnosis she had an infection in her heart her heart was enlarged ironically so is my father but again we'll talk about that later her kidneys have failed and her organs are slowly shutting down on her. Mm. And for me, being me, I had another panic attack because I didn't know what to do. My panic attacks aren't mainly just a panic, it's mainly because I can't control the situation around me and because I don't know what to do and I felt so useless at that time. Right. I had a panic attack. So of course my mum, bless her little son, she rang the nurse's bell so the nurses would see me. And I remember I couldn't leave the room because my sister wasn't with her. And I remember as soon as I was able to get out of the room, I instantly went to Facebook and I rang Abby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Abby, I need you to talk to me. I just need you to talk to talk random shit to me. I think I talked about the Eagles. No, you didn't. You went, no, what's going on? <coughs> and so I told oh, you, yeah. then you started talking about the Eagles. Yeah, I was like, something that's just random that I can make her laugh with. Yeah. Something to, to distract your brain. Yeah, and then... We had, so the doctor said, we can't give you an estimated time of, like, expectancy of life. And being on, being on the care side of the public sector, I went, well, is my mum on palliative care or is she on end of life? Mm-hmm. Palliative care is before the end of life, so it's when... They, um, they're still able to talk and, you know, drink and everything like that. But end of life is when you need to help them start drinking and, you know. And so I said, well, what is she? So pretty much your end of life care is our hospice care? Yeah, basically. Okay. And so I said, 
because um, I'm a carer and I'm like, I really want to help my mum, I kind of just felt like I was sitting on my hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I was looking at a catheter bag and I'm like, that needs to be empty. And I really wanted to go empty it, you know, but I was in a hospital, so I couldn't. And then towards, the doctor told us it would be up to a week. No, they don't think it'll last a week. Yeah. And I remember... I remember you telling me that. I remember telling two people. I told Abby and I told my best friend in real life. Um, and I instantly went. You told G? I told G, yeah. So, and she instantly rang me and was like, right, what do you need me to do? And she was lovely. But I remember seeing all the family just turn up at the hospital. Excuse <coughs> me. And it was at a weekend, so it was on the last couple of days of June and I remember um, my mum saying please don't go into work I need you here Mm -hmm. and so my sister rang work and said she like I work I weren't going in and of course I was like well we need her in so you know I ended up not going in And then, um... Well, did, they, did your sister tell them why you weren't coming in? Yeah, yeah. And they still said we need her to come in? Yep. <laughs> uh-huh, so, when I went back in after, again, I'll, I'll say this in a minute, but, um, I remember I was meant to be... So, we all took it in turn sleeping at the hospital. So, when I was in at work, I sleep in the chair next to my mum. And then... If I was at work, it would be my sister doing it. And I remember, uh, it was, I think it was, let me double check, sorry guys. Let me double check. So it was, it was the Saturday night. No, it wasn't, it was Sunday. And I oh, that's it. It was a Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday, and I was due to stay the night. And so the nurses were like, "I think you prefer it if, if you sat, slept in the uh, relative room, so you can actually sleep on the bed." Mm-hmm. And I went, "No, I want to be in there with her." Mm-hmm. But then she declined very quickly and with all the family arriving I had another panic attack yeah because you know I was like well what do I do what do I do right all these people are going you've got to be strong you've got to be you know that gets annoying very very fast yeah and then of course I laughed out yeah because they, they, the family never bothered with us, okay? Yeah. So since my dad died, they never bothered with us. And this is family on my dad's side, okay? Mm-hmm. 
my my mum's brother came up to see her and they'd not spoken in five years and because there was like a drama between them and on the Saturday before you know he came up and saw her and gave her a massive cuddle and they put the world to right you know and I was so glad to be in that room when they did mm-hmm. they had a laugh they were cuddling and I was like it was just what I wanted to see right and then I joined the rest of the family and it was and I fell asleep in the hospital on Saturday because we were like right there's no way any of us are leaving her mm-hmm. so me my brother my sister-in-law and my sister and my brother-in-law all the rest of them went home but we just you know took up the waiting room and just slept on the couches mm-hmm. so that me on one couch my brother in, in the room with my mum and then my sister was kind of like laying on the floor and everyone else was just like anywhere they could find yeah and so Sunday happened and we all woke up and went for breakfast because we knew I knew because I went in there as soon as I got up mm-hmm. and I went morning mum how are you today and she went oh I'm alright actually how are you and she sounded so much better and so that kind of made me go, oh shit, today's the day. Mm. Because, oh, this is going to sound disgusting. But when you, because I've worked around it for so long, you, there's like a scent that you can smell in the room. Yeah, yeah. When someone, you know, going. And so I walked in and the first thing that I smelled was that. But because people were looking at me, I couldn't show that on my face. And so, I mentally decided not to go into that room on Sunday. Yeah. I wrote her a long letter saying how much I loved her and how much I, I, you know, I appreciated everything she'd done for me. And how she's now going to go be reunited with my dad. Right. And how I know we're all going to look after each other and everything that she wanted to hear. And I got someone to go in there and read it to her. And I, in that letter, I apologised for not going in there. And um, my friend read it out. And she went, A, you made everyone cry, but I'm sorry. And then B, your mum rolled her eyes when, when I read out that you were sorry. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so she obviously knows that I have trouble with um, my mental health. And so her last wish was for me to get help. Yeah. And I will tell you, I did. Yeah, you did. Um, and I'm very glad that you did. At 11, um, 15 minutes past 11, on the 1st of July, 
heading into the second day of July, my mum passed away peacefully. So I remember that because I messaged you. You didn't yeah. even tell me. I just, I just knew. I just knew, and I remember yeah. I messaged you. I'm like, T. I know you don't want to hear from anybody. I know you don't want to deal with it right now, Absolutely. but I'm here. I love you, and when you're ready to talk, I'm here. And, and you, rem- didn't, you didn't even have to tell me. I just knew. And I remember now. I still remember the tweet that I... No, not the tweet. The Facebook message I sent out. Yeah. I'm going to read that out to you, if that's okay. I've read it quite a lot now, so I can read it without crying. <laughs> Let me find it. Sorry, guys. So, passed away, and I remember going in there, but I only went in there after she passed away. And I know what people will go there, like, oh, that's stupid. You should have gone in there when you when she was. No, there. absolutely not. But I'm I was okay with going in there after so I got really I remember I got really angry yeah you did because I texted you and all I texted you was they didn't fucking open the windows yep that's exactly what you said to me they didn't um, fucking open the windows and I remember because I said it out loud as I texted it to you and she was like um, my, my aunties and uncle were like we did we did I went, no, I can still feel her. And I went, it's weird, but <laughs> like I knew when she had, when she had left, like when she had passed. Right. Because it was like that my heart wasn't so heavy. And, you know, it should have been the opposite, that when she had passed, my heart would have gotten heavier. Yeah. But I knew that she was safe. And that she was my dad. And so... Sorry, I'm nearly there. And so when she went, I was... I was kind of more at peace with the fact that she had gone. And that she was with my dad. But... I, I remember getting so angry. You were. You were very, very angry. I wasn't angry at anyone. I was more angry with the fact they didn't open the fucking windows. <coughs> and right. even even now I'm still like, why did I get angry at that? And I was like, it's such a simple, stupid thing that I shouldn't have gotten angry at. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm sorry, but I need to do it. Because I believe in tradition. No, not tradition, like superstition and spirits and stuff like that. And I remember, I went in there and I went, I'm sorry to do this. And I know you'll feel cold. Because the last thing that goes when people die is their hearing. Mm-hmm. And so I went and took my mum's hand and I whispered, I'm sorry that you're going to feel cold, but this is for you. And then I opened 
the window. And then instantly, it was like the room got, you know, a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Because we let a spirit fly. And, um, yeah. And I remember on that day, <coughs> we all just kind of sat Excuse in the waiting me. room for a bit. And we were just like, well, what the fuck do we do now? And I was like, this is inappropriate to say, but I'm fucking starving. And I don't know why that was my first thought. Because I went from the... Because the truth is, when it was nearly time, my, um, my family went into the room and my brother came out and said, do you want to go in with us? With and I remember saying no. And then I hid. <laughs> I hid behind a couch and hid in the corner so no one could see me. And we left just after um, one o'clock in the morning. And I remember looking up at the moon and this is what I wrote on Facebook. And I put it and I I um, sent this to Abby before I sent it to this. And uh, I put, as we left the hospital, I looked at the moon. It looked, it looked sad like it knew. It knew that an incredible soul had left us. Then I looked at the stars and they glistened, showing me a new star was among them. And then I looked at the black and night. It was intense, like you were reunited with your one true love. Though your body had left us, your heart is, will never. Uh, Mum, I'm so proud of you, and I love you so much. You're no, you're no longer in any suffering. Say hello to Dad for me. And as we were in the car, we heard the song "Low." So you know the song that goes, "Apple bottom jeans, yeah, the fur, with the fur." Sorry. Joke, that used to be mine and my mum's song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just really inappropriate if you think about it. Yeah. But it was a song that we always listened to together and we used to wind up dad. Like, so my dad hated that song. <laughs> so I remember when it used to play on the radio, my mum would just like turn it up and we'd sing like top of our voices to this song. And um, I wrote um, a song that made us laugh. It was a sign that you got to dad safely. We are incredibly lucky to have you as our angel. Until next time, I love you, Mama. And that's what I wrote. And I was like, okay, I'm going to send this to Abby. Mm-hmm. She needs to proofread it for me. Mm-hmm. And she went, yeah. yeah, you don't need to touch anything. She was like, that's just perfect. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, and then I, I remember going to McDonald's at 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, I said I was hungry, and so I was like, oh, I just had a cheeseburger, and that's it. But my brother being my brother is like, no, you're getting a whole fucking meal. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm okay, I just have a cheeseburger, because I want to go home and go to sleep. 
that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to sleep and pretend it didn't happen. I mean, I know it did happen and all, but you know. But um, I was like, I just want to go to sleep and carry on tomorrow and see what happens. Uh-huh. And then um, I was like, I got back and I went into my room and I went, I can't sleep in there tonight because in that room, my mum slept in that room for such a long time. And so I still feel her presence in there. And so I went, I really can't go in there. And they went, right, that's fine. So we all slept in the front room. Mm-hmm. So we all slept on like the floor downstairs. And um, <sighs> we woke up the next day. And it was like it was a dream. It was like, right, we need to get up and go back. And I said, we need to go back to the hospital. And then until it really set, settled in, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, we don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And I carried on. And I grew stronger like I did with the last one. And I grew a bit. Bit by bit, day by day, I gained my strength. And then, oh, a year on Friday, this Friday coming up, would have been the day that I had my sister's dog put down. So it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, last year, we found out she had cancer. And again, I remember live in Abbey and I just cried. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I was like, my dog's dying. And even though it's not te- she wasn't technically my dog, she was my dog. Yeah. And uh, I remember saying that. And we both sat there in silence. Um, at one point, we both went, shit. Because I found out from my sister, like, minutes before. And so, obviously, I couldn't cry in front of my sister. So, I cried in front of happy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, anyway, let's backtrack to my dad. My dad's death was sudden. Um, by that, we, I mean... Um, he was fine when he went to bed, and when he went to sleep, he didn't wake up. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Abby. Um, I I remember at two o'clock, my mum screaming my name, and I instantly went into his room and noticed that he wasn't breathing. Mhm. So I started doing CPR. And it it's scary once you do CPR on someone you know. Yeah. Let alone it being your father. And then I have my mum screaming at me to help her get ready. Because we're still in our pyjamas, you know? Mm-hmm. We needed to get presentable, so we had 
paramedic coming in and stuff. And paramedic lovely. They worked for a full hour before declaring that on the 21st of April, my dad had passed away. So, I do try and be positive. Just a heads up, Mark and Zoe are approaching, so. Okay. Um, so, I do, I do try and be positive, as yeah. Abby knows. Um, this last couple of months, I found myself slipping again. Yeah. Back into the void, as I call it. And my brother noticed from the kind of things I was uploading on Facebook. Like, I uploaded a picture in black and white, no, in normal colour, saying, um, I posted the lyrics of Once Upon a Time from Descendants 3 because there's, the lines go, uh, Once Upon a Time, a girl tried harder. Once upon mm-hmm. a time, she tried again. Mm-hmm. Once upon a braver choice, she chose a risk to use her voice. Yeah. And that would be my once upon a time this time. Why tell all those lies you feel unworthy? Like there isn't a solid ground to stand. Yeah. But a stack of lies isn't a firm foundation. You cannot build a castle from a mountain made of sand. Right. And he's like, right, I think you need to come and see me for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like for a week, and I was like, okay. Then after that, I put, um, I wrote on Facebook, I feel, feel, uh, souls. What are you expecting, flowers? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you need to come down and see me, spend some time with me, and spend some yeah. time with my baby niece, and cuddle her, and. Hi, guys! Put the right to wrong again. Oh, oh great. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story of my depression and my anxiety. Yeah. But I'm proud of you, T, for taking a break and, and getting your you mental so health set up. Yeah. So, you gotta take care of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Hold on, T. What's up? Yeah, because we're doing the podcast. She's typing still. Let me know what she says at the bottom, Oh, Jesus. What did she say? Hold on. 
said, that's enough. I'm not sure you understand. We are done for now. We will call you when we're ready. Yeah. He said, that's enough. I'm not sure you understand. We are done for now. We will call you when we're ready. <sighs> All right, T. I'm going to hop off here. I'll call you back when I get home. All right, then. All right? All right, bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.